You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and we have the band Caustic Casanova here with uh, Steph Zenker and Francis Berenger, and uh, very happy to have you joining us from what I understand to be a stormy state of Maryland. Welcome to the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so I uh, came in contact with your music, uh, little known to the audience that something rather than nothing has hidden correspondence throughout the country, and some of those to identify metal bands. <laughs> and my friend uh, Eric uh, got to see you live and raved, and um, so I got excited about your music and uh, have you here, and um, just wanted to chat about your music and... Um, the big philosophical questions. And I'm going to hit you, Steph, with the first one. Um, when when you were born, were you an artist? It's a really good question. Uh, and it's really awesome to be on a podcast like this that kind of delves deep into the philosophical side of things because Francis and I talk about this kind of stuff a lot. So that initially strikes me as kind of a, like a nature versus nurture question in a way. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I think generally you can have natural talent, but then also do you have the space in your life to kind of cultivate creativity, right? That's like a little bit of both nature and nurture. And like, for me, I sort of think it was both. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd have to think a little bit more deeply about that, but that's my like initial answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. So Francis, you're, you're born into this uh, wild world. Um, are you an artist then? Um, well, I think that, I mean, I, I, I think it's such a fascinating question, but I mean, I think that, you know, the, the basic answer that goes to something about like nature versus nurture or fate or, you know, you know, destiny, um, is that I certainly, I feel like you're, I'm, I was born with, the the capability and the tools and probably some sort of inclination or direction towards being an artist, but I could have seen myself definitely not being one. It's but actually interesting because there's a pretty big difference in the way that like Francis and I sort of like, like gr grew up with or um, like sort of grew into our love of music and our playing of music. Um, so that's like an interesting point that you bring up. And, and, I, and I think, you know, there's, you could go a lot deeper than that but too and to say something like, well, you know, uh, there's only, you know, there's only one path that you go down and therefore the, ans the question answers itself that of course you are born to be an artist because it's self-evident that you become one, you know, um, <laughs> But that gets into stuff that could be, you know, four hours of talking about what, how do we know what we know and all of that kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we, we, we can drop back down there because I, 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 I have the vague suspicion I get a couple willing participants here. But let me mm -hmm. let me jump. Let me let me jump to the big kind of the the 
the big question um, as we talk about, you know, music and, and art. And um, I'm going to go with you, uh, Francis. And this, this, is the, this is the big one. Um, I'm looking for a definition of art. Like you're artists, you're creating music, you're piecing this together, you have a final product. And you think about art, but what is art? I mean, oh, God, that's such a big one. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's, I mean, it almost seems like it'd be easier to answer the question by negation to, to say, like, what is not art? Um, you know, I think there are people that say everything or anything is art that you say is art. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. Not necessarily. I don't know that a refrigerator is art. You mean to... a, a rotting banana <laughs> uh, stapled to a wall isn't art? <laughs> so I don't know, though. I mean, I don't know if yeah. I, I don't know if if that banana is 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 art. Just you know, it's almost like it's almost like the legal definition of pornography that's like I know it when I see it but that's only internal to me I mean I think like a really normal boring uninteresting not that deep answer is something that is is some sort of creative intentional process or or product or result that has no that fulfills that that its creation and that its creation is self-fulfilling. So to to do it is is its reward. It is its uh, its value is in its is in the making of it. And and that's its highest value. <laughs> yeah, the- as opposed to like there can be value in making a door or a table that isn't art but that's not its highest value i think intentionality really is a big one like and because art is so subjective you know like some people say it's the ultimate form of self-expression you know that's like so vague but i I think anything can qualify as art as long as it was intentional intended to be art. intended to be art or like an expression of creativity whether you think that it's you know, bullshit or something. It it doesn't matter because it's the intentionality it, of the actor. I guess that if matters. it's art to that person, then it is art. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I would say. I think yes, sure. Yeah, we in in these discussions, intention comes up a, a, a whole lot. Like you know, the intention to be creating art and um, Francis, that that definition. I just had a, a conversation recently. The pornography definition is one commonly used for art. Like you have this like. A, a judicial decision that basically says you know it when you see it and right. it feels so unsatisfying as right. an answer but there's been no better answer and for some folks it's 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 art i've named it as such and therefore it is i looked up uh, one of the one of the things i really uh, become interested in is some of the language around this and something uh, saying something and nothing and using this language in philosophy. And I looked up um, Wittgenstein's comment on art, which meant a lot to me. And he said, in art, it is hard to say anything as good as saying nothing. So Hmm. like we're in this territory sometimes where it's like, 
uh, and particularly in that philosophy is like, there are things you should talk about and there's things you should show. And I think uh, yeah. like, yeah. it's like, uh, here it is. Like, I like the Warhol, like what you get away with and what you show uh, as being, as being art. Um, I've just been bumping into those themes, but I want to follow up on, on art. And you mentioned the, the intention to create art and to that process and to achieve it. But um, what's, what's the role of art? Um, I've asked this question through the pandemic and through, you know, time, uh, great social upheaval, at least how I see it, um, right now. So right now, what is, what is art doing for people? What, it sh what should it be doing for people? I mean, a lot of different things, you know, for me, it does a lot of different things. It's, um, a just a distraction an enjoyment an emotional escape a mental escape um a stress reliever in terms of like creating the art but then also experiencing other people's art um i'd say the same the same kinds of things um especially now too i think a really important element of it is that it's bringing people together you know because everybody's sort of in this pandemic all over the world at the same time together. And so that might inform people's like experiences of, of what any kind of art might be um, in a way that strikes them differently than it would have otherwise. That's like, I feel like that came out super vague. I was, I was, I was, I was, art, but we're so talking anyway. about the meaning of art. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the role, what, what's this Francis, what, what, you know, you put out, you put out a song or somebody's put out a, a is is the role of art different now in our times or is it you know just kind of i mean at writ large like I, I don't think the role of art like as a blanket statement really ever changes um because i think it's it's so or it's it's the net it casts should be so vast that it could be you know, and you're talking about things that are better shown than told or more impactful or more meaningful or more relevant shown than told. I mean, I feel like when we're talking about social and political upheaval or, or you know, depression and isolation and, you know, the pandemic and all of, all of those types of things, I mean, I think that the, the art is so, it, it seems to me, like so self-evidently important to a lot of people, both creators and, and just um, consumers of it. But it's, it's so vast. It can be, you know, it, it could be the way that someone gets into channeling their, their anger or their emotion or their, um, the way that they just can't seem to get into, you know, a problem, whether it's personal or political or whatever, that they can't get into it in a productive way at all, except via that. And then there's the complete other way that's there are some people that can't, can't seem to get out of, out of these things, escape them in any meaningful way without art. So, I mean, you have, it's like, it can be the way in and the way out of almost like anything, you know, or in, nothing in life. Or not, or nothing, you know. But I mean, it can be, it can be so, it can be so big in so many different directions for a lot of different people. And I mean, anyone who's had, you know, a particular song or painting or book or whatever, 
hit them in a particular way that just felt right for the time or perfect for the moment as a way of, you know, letting the gas out of the bag or finally focusing on something that, that, that had been eluding them. I mean, it, it's like, it's just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's no, that strikes me as a very, is you know, that, that very real feeling I found like at the beginning of the pandemic, let me just like, I was doing, I'm doing the podcast. I've done some episodes and then like my first reaction when the pandemic went down, I was like, why the fuck do a podcast? Like, you know, like the collapse is upon us. And it was just like a visceral initial reaction. But that's where the question came up for me was like, all right, well, what do we do with our time now? And um, so uh, I appreciate your comments on that. I want to um, uh, go to a, a track. One of the mis one of the things I don't do to audiences is, is introduce a, a great band, but then not play their music for too, too long. <laughs> so um uh, for the listeners, we're going to cut to the track um, uh, Memory King, and we're going to be back in just a tiny bit and chat some more with uh, Caustic Casanova.
thank you for that song. You're sure. welcome. <laughs> You're welcome for making it. I I I I love that song and uh it's it's metal times me for me right now. It feels very, very metal. And so I really appreciate I really appreciate that. Can you um when I talk to musicians, um, particularly in like a scene or a metal scene uh, from from an area, um, I usually try to get a, like a little bit of a, a of a of a taste for what it's like in the metal metal scene in in the area. I know um, I lived in Washington D.C. I have some background in like D.C. punk, uh, Washington D.C. underground punk, and. Um, what what's it like out here in the Pacific Northwest? Metal grows from the soil, the wet, damp doom, right. uh, cannabis smoke, uh, <laughs> wet, drippy rain. Doom grows from the ground here. What right. metal? What what what's what's the scene like for 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 you over there? Well, you know, we had the the DC punk stuff that you mentioned. Obviously, um, something that a lot of people that don't already love the doom genre know about is uh that frederick maryland has an amazing doom metal scene um and you know was one of the the progenitors of of you know doom worldwide essentially people come from all over the world to the uh maryland doom fest uh which has been running for i'm not sure of how many years but i mean the, the, the doom scene here in frederick stretches back to what the, i mean the 70s or something at least yeah i mean the Maryland, D.C., you know, the Maryland suburbs and and D.C. have a pretty, a pretty uh, historic connection to a lot of the Black Sabbath influence music, for lack of a, of a better word, with Pentagram and The Obsessed and, um, you know, a lot of the bands that sprang from from that, who were also all in their own way connected to the DC punk scene. I mean, it was such a small thing, the DC punk scene when it was starting in the eighties that it, it commingled with the metal scene that the, especially the Maryland doom metal scene that still exists to this day. And, you know, that was part of even what made Fugazi Fugazi was there, you know, them going around saying, we love, you know, we love black Sabbath and we love, you know, Ted Nugent and Aerosmith and stuff. And we're not afraid to, take those riffs and you know if people are angry that doesn't sound like minor threat you know you know and then there's a little bit of metal in fugazi you know i mean you know so i think the dc scene is the dc maryland scene is so interesting and has such an interesting history that um people forget sometimes to go down like a couple levels into the basement and dig it's even more interesting under the under the surface, especially with regard to the connections between some stuff that people don't necessarily make. And also just to, you know, I'm sure you know about how small that group of people was in DC that made it into a, you know, an internationally known punk rock, you know, capital. This beginning is 35 or 40 people with, you know, we're talking about intentionality and art and, making things happen and by, by sheer yeah. force of will, um, that never ceases to not inspire me. That never stops inspiring me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy too. Cause Francis and I just moved to Frederick three years ago. We had lived in DC for years in Northern Virginia. 
And it's insane how many people in Frederick, including musicians, you know, that aren't like part of the heavy music scene and that the community itself isn't aware of the heavy music, uh, legacy. like legacy of, yeah. of Frederick and, and Maryland. Um, nobody, know, like nobody that isn't already a fan of metal or doom or, you know, heavy music doesn't like knows about the, the festival or this, yeah. this history. I know that it is planned uh, for next year because I've I've kept track of uh, the the Doomfest um, out there in Maryland. I believe that is is scheduled for next year, and um, I actually haven't been to it. But there used to be a very good metal fest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, yep, you know, over, Milwaukee Metal uh, Fest. Yeah, yeah, like three or four days or something. And I remember that because I remember my windshield on my car was smashed apart. <laughs> it was, a, it was, it, it's a true Milwaukee metal scene uh, when that lasted for a few years. But um, hey, so I wanted to um, uh, I wanted to to ask uh, a couple more uh, philosophy questions, and um, this is for for each one of you, and you can answer it. Uh, as a person, as an artist, um, and we'll start with you, Steph. One of the questions I ask is, what or who made you who you are? Uh, well, aside from the obvious, I, I don't know. Um, the f <laughs> I don't know. You can think <laughs> Abbott. You could say I mean, it's just, such a it's just such a crazy question. Like we've been watching uh, Closer to Truth. I don't know if you know about that show. I don't. Tell, oh, tell well, us you about should, it. You should yeah. definitely check it out. It's, uh, it's a philosophy show. It's a philosophy show about anything, you know, uh, multiple infinite universes, tunneling, um, you know, morality is an argument for God, like all of this stuff and, and Fra you know, Francis and I have been obsessed with it, but it's like the reason I'm having trouble answering this is because it's like the more that we watch the stuff and the more that, you know, we read about this stuff and talk about it, the, the more confused I am about, you know, what is life? Why are we here? Who am I? What, like, what am I? What is consciousness? Uh, you know, am I even experiencing everything or nothing what even is nothing my brain can't even grasp the concept of nothingness because it has always subjectively experienced somethingness um so yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't feel equipped to answer that question quite yet and i'm i may never <laughs> uh, you you're you're uh, a philosopher philosophers either appear very humble or they're very arrogant and humble is a good trait. <laughs> humble is a good, I know because I like, take a look at the something like, and, and we'll go to you Francis in a second, but like the something rather than nothing question, even like part of the reason why the show ends up being such a variety is because of the approach of trying to answer right. an almost absurd philosophical question. Either It's either the most profound or the most absurd or both. Right. And you know, when, when, when we try to do that and we try to like get the language to describe what's going on, um, we laugh a lot, like in philosophy, like you end up laughing and being like, Oh, isn't that the silliest stupid thing? Like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. And you just give up and, and, and start, you know, and start laughing. But that's why it's uh, great. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes I just arrive at the like, and you know, I'm just naturally curious and I just, I am overly analytical. And sometimes I just throw my hands up and I'm like, what, what is the point of even thinking about all this stuff? If, if you'll never know, you know, but then the next day I'm like, you know, spend two hours like thinking about, uh, you know, intentionality and, uh, what's that term that we were just fucking talking about yesterday? I don't know. I, 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 I sleep like a baby when I think about this stuff too much. It's like, I, it just puts me into a blissful sleep because it allows me to not think about, you know, things that are, you know, of a concern, you know, paying a medical bill or something like, like if, if I, something is causal in sequence what is that called there's a term for that it goes back and back and back and back infinitely well it's that the, under the, the 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 basis the something questions there has to be so, something at the beginning for things causally to happen after right and the answer to that is god but why but it. why the beginning there doesn't like if we're still yeah. on a different question remember like, we haven't gotten to this yet. there might not even be a, a beginning if something is just an infinite so yeah, I asked, I asked what I did is sometimes philosophy is a little bit behind the times, uh, let's say, as great as the discipline that it is. But science, science is this is the big, you know, question in science for a lot of cosmologists, right? Like as far as, you know, the, the Big Bang, right? Like is it is. Right. Is, is now now the somethings have arrived or if there's always somethings. But um uh, I had a, a Dr. Aaron McDonald, who is a sci-fi geek and an astrophysicist, and asking these questions, you know, the question of something uh, rather than nothing. And I think even the approach or what that question is supposed to mean. So I mentioned that to an artist, right? Something rather than nothing. They might not want to get into the God argument. They might say, hey, I create something. It never existed before. And yes, there's all these pieces and these elements, but this something can only go through my hands, my brain, and this type of thing. So, this is the something from the this is the something from the from the nothing. Um, but Francis, we do have the question: What or who made you who you are? And I have to at least give you a chance to take a, a stab at that one because Steph did. Um, you know, I mean. I, I mean, again, like the boring non suit, non like getting into, you know, possibility and infinite regress of conditionality and all that kind of stuff. That's that's four hours of uh, interesting conversations. You know, I mean, I, I think the the regular, you know, the answer to me is just is I think that you're born a certain way um that is proud that is set in a way that's probably a pretty uncomfortable for a lot of people to realize because it, it, it violates a lot of their feelings of agency um but i think you're it's it's i'm i was a particular way you mean like with your genes i'm i'm a particular way stuff. and then i and then all of these you know, every little tiny experience creates a, a work in progress that, you know, is, you know, certain proteins and genes in my brain express themselves in relation to different events and things that happen and different foods I ate and 
<laughs> all the little things make up this, this, you know, billions or trillions of little events happen to a, to a, 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 a way that you're going to be. And then there's this infinite, almost infinite, not infinite, but this extreme amount of pressure and change on a, on a basic template. And so, you know, it's, I think that's at least a little more interesting than saying, you know, uh, my parents really loved me or something, um, <laughs> which is, which is true, but you know, um, and then there's of course like the, the big things like, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, and I don't know if this is the way that reality actually is, but in the, in the movie of like your life, I think that everyone writes or has in their head, you know, there's the like big forks or whatever. I don't think that I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be an artist at the, at the level that I've pursued it at, for instance, if my father hadn't died when I was young. And I think that's because not, I just think that I would have not, I just don't think that the pressures on my life would have probably led me to pursuing music and like art this fanatically. I just don't think my life would have gone that way. I think it would have caved into other things, like not caved like in a bad way. I just think that the arc of my life would have gone into a different direction um, because my father's influence would have been, it just would have been a different thing. It's not that he wasn't, wouldn't have been supportive of me being in a band or anything, but my parents were not, are not artistic in any way and didn't even listen to music when I was growing up. Like they listened to the news <laughs> on the radio. Like there was no, no music or art of any kind really in my life growing up. And I think that I just, I think that I probably would have done something else probably really seriously with my life if he had been an influence on my life going forward as a young adult, which I really miss because as anyone who loses their father knows, you really miss having that person around. So I just think that's like the big, that's the, that's probably the big event in my life that made me the most what I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and, and, and thank you for that. Um, uh, What's going on uh, with uh, Caustic Casanova now? I know you've done some touring, and I know the world is a little bit topsy-turvy, but um, you want to kind of band update or kind of let, let listeners know what's going on and like what to yeah. look out for, maybe? Yeah, well, most recently and most excitingly, we just finished mixing our record. Um, so, yeah, our next full-length is going to be our second on Magnetic Eye Records, and that's hopefully going to be out in June next year. But so we just finished mixing that um, in its entirety, and it's going to be mastered very soon, and then it will be on its way to the queue at the pressing plant, which may take a very, very long time. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that been, you know, the, the focus of a lot of what we've been doing for quite a while, and it's... Uh, the ambition on this next record is pretty sky high and it's really uh it's been putting it together and executing it has been um extremely challenging and um we're always trying to reach for 
that which we can't really do <laughs> or play, write music that's a little beyond our capabilities or arrange, you know, stuff that's a little beyond our capabilities. And um, yeah, it's definitely our most out there record. And we've had to put it together sort of like some of it was put together uh, remotely during the pandemic, you know, like contributing riffs and stuff online, um, especially with like two covers that we can't really talk about yet that um, that we recorded entirely remotely recorded and, and fleshed out. At They're least. not on the record. They're not on the record. But yeah. So like that, that's been a, like a particular challenge. And also this will be the first record to feature both. Um, both of our guitar players, because we added a guitar player, Jake Kimberly, in 2019. Um, and so you're definitely going to hear that influence on the record. And uh, yeah, we're really excited. It's got a 22-minute song on it. All right. Hmm. I, can, I, can, I, 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 love, I love that ride, the uh, episode happened, coming on with uh, Tobin or not. I think we had a 15-minute song at the end, and if you go back into the archives, uh, editor and producer Peter Bauer um, with his band Blazar, there's got to be a 16 to 17-minute uh, <laughs> outro track on that one. So His band is called Blazar? Blazar, B-L-A-Z-A-R, and uh, I'm Check band band too. And uh, it's interesting because in my uh, estimation, it's been uh, Peter's a good friend of mine, but... Um, it's really been good for him because him and the guys that are playing have come into contact with um, a lot, a lot of music that I listen to, a lot of metal uh, that I listen to, and they're kind of like, "Oh, I didn't realize all this stuff was like floating out there." So, and you know, you get on Bandcamp and you start to disappear and in, into Polish doom, and you're not going to come out for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've um, definitely gone down those rabbit holes. I mean, there, there's, you know, there's like, there are just, I almost like restrict myself to not doing it because like there are, yeah, there, if you go on a band camp hole and you're just really in a, a mood to listen to music and have a glass of wine or something, I mean, you, you could just, I mean, I, I found a playlist, I found like just black metal bands that just do concept albums about World War One. I. I mean, that there's a lot of, there's just, there's a lot of, just that like you know this band from calgary only writes about the you know the european theater of of or the, you, know, <laughs> you know only writes about the war in belgium you know <laughs> like the stuff is just you know the variety is like you know it's almost too much it almost makes you as an artist sometimes it's like oh my god there's so much amazing stuff out there and there's so much that you you know, you can't believe more people don't know about sometimes it's depressing. And that's why it really, yeah, it really annoys me when people say, cause I overhear people saying like, there's no good music around anymore. Know. You know, they think that the, the music is what's on the radio, but it's like, you know, my answer to that is like, I guarantee you, you're not digging. You're not trying to find it because if you were, you it, just, there's yeah. no way that you would be saying this regardless of what kind of music you're into. You know, we're, we're, I'm not just talking about metal. I, I really, I really agree with that. You know what I find that too, um, you know, where there's scenes and things are going on and the, the, the varieties of music, once you go belay or whatever you're being fed is, is seemingly endless. And that's what we're talking about. But I also find like within the culture, you know, I do a lot of stuff. Um, I'm a big comic book and graphic novel, uh, uh, person and I have artists and guests on and, 
there is so much going on in the storytelling, the art, uh, edginess, issues that don't show up in popular culture for a few years. But if you're in some of these cultures, you're reading about it like this stuff's out there. These yeah. issues are being talked about. There are different type of creators and persons of color and different artists from different countries. And um, you just got to go looking for it a little bit because there's there's, there's a whole lot. And um, and I think metals like that, I think music and band camps, such a great uh, way for, for folks to connect to, to all those things. I want to um, pose the something rather than nothing and like just state it again. And, and it feels a little bit unfair because I believe you've been answering the something rather than nothing question throughout the episode. And I don't want to discredit that, but I also have to provide you the proper opportunity right. to answer the big question. Right. That's a thrilling conclusion. Fran, Fran's been champing at the bit <laughs> to answer this. So I, I think yeah, you why? should go first it, it, and, I'll, and I'll add. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there something rather than nothing, Francis? Well, <laughs> prepare to have your minds blown ladies and gentlemen we have the answer to all of yes. life's questions and why we're here yes well there's there's what there's there's uh i claim of absolutely no originality in the what john leslie's five different there's uh the question is absurd is one is that it is that it's it's absolutely unknowable and therefore ridiculous to even ask it there's the argument from from chance that the world that that the reality you know has to be some way and this is it because it is because chance fixed it that way there's that you know something rather than nothing because of value or prop you know or like prince like principles or mathematics or something make it that way or like consciousness, mind, God, something is is the ultimate ground of being is the is the fifth one. Now, what I think is that it's either why is there something rather than nothing? I think it's either I'm personally drawn to the question is absurd. Like the answer is that the question is ridiculous and absurd. Not like oh, it's ridiculous for him to ask it, but that it's like once you start teasing it apart it becomes ridiculous because mm -hmm. our minds aren't our brains are not really even well equipped to handle numbers over like a thousand much less the concept of like infinity much less the concept of actual nothing and that whenever we are thinking about something from nothing we're really thinking about something from something and that our conception of nothing is a is a something <laughs> We're thinking we can't really think right. of nothing because like when you think of nothing, you're thinking of like black outer space or like that's what I think of when I think of nothing. And I think of not the color black and I think of outer space, but that's not nothing. That's like right. there's a mathematical physical, you know, geometry, geom geomet geometry, like explanation for that. Physics can explain that. So that's not nothing. So like I think I mentioned earlier, you know, like you like our brains and Fran just said it like our brains can't really conceive of of nothingness. And so, like, what is nothingness? Like, right? If it even so, I mean that to me, that's like what's attractive. And then on, and then, and then the other one that would be the most attractive to me is like mind, consciousness, God, whatever you want to call it, is that that anything that starts to look like that infinite contingency 
if that's what is attractive to people, that to me starts to look like a creative force. If people say the laws of physics or mathematics create, that's that's nothing and something comes from that. Where do those laws come from? That right. that 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 starts to look like um like if that starts to look like omniscience to me, the the harder you look at it, infinite contingency, regress, you know, infinite anything in any direction, starts to look like almost like an omniscient, all powerful something. If you start to take a fine tooth comb look at what infinite causality or infinite contingency really is. And then the whole concept of the concept of infinite contingency requires something non-contingent because it in itself is a contingent process. Yeah. Anyway, that's to me, to me, it's either the absurdity, it's an absurd question or uh, to me, the concept of infinite contingency starts to look something like a, an infinite supreme power of some kind, perhaps unknowable, but. Well, I think it has to be something like outside of time and space. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And then like, so I would tend to agree with Fran and then, you know, I was raised Catholic. I don't consider myself religious. Um, and I, but I think, I do think like he said, like there, everything is pointing me in the direction of supporting like some sort of just infinite, being that's just there that always has been there but i don't necessarily think of that as as god and i think like a lot of the conversations regarding like who god is or what god is are like misinformed or like people haven't even necessarily like agreed what they're talking about when they talk about god and that's not an original like idea of mine i'm, I'm in the middle of reading a book um called the experience of god by david bentley hart um, the experience of God being consciousness bliss. And again, it's not because I'm religious or anything. It's just like, because I want to know more and I'm just so curious about this. And he's been a guest on that podcast or that show that we mentioned. Um, and so, yeah, so then my, my question mainly becomes like, okay, so say there is this, this infinite there-ness that created everything, the big bang, or was the beginning of the, you know, the contingency regress or whatever. Um, why does it have to be called God? Why can't we call it shoe or Mike or something like, um, and so that I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. The, um, and I, and I like how in the discussion, or Stephanie been, call it that too. Well, oh, it, Casanova. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like a, a future track, uh, you know, uh, Stephanie is the something. Or something like that. Yeah, and, and, there you go. Or and, Stephanie is the nothing. <laughs> depending, <laughs> right? Depending. No, I I like the um the uh kind of like the inscrutability of the question that, that during the show over time, uh, Buddhists look at this question and they say, you know, silly human being, don't spend too much time here. Um, like it's it's fun. Like it, within Buddhism, they recognize like. I think Buddhists recognize that it's fun in, in titillating to ask these questions, but um, driving for an answer, they caution against that. It's like, you know, we're, we're right. suffering beings. This might add more suffering if you get right. too hinged on that. this one. Yeah. And that's um, why like, I, I can't. Um, yeah. I have a limit to how much I can think or think about this stuff or, or read about this stuff or, you know, binge watch episodes of, 
truth. Uh, what's it called? Closer to truth. Closer to truth. Closer to truth. That's my. That's my. Uh, I got to do some. I got to do some There's homework. Twenty seasons of it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. At a certain point, it just becomes like. Are they any closer though? Are they like really close? No, No, but there are three episodes about this question. Uh, Okay. And uh, okay. All right. Well, I uh, I watched them to to retrain my mind to think about them. It's I don't have uh, John Leslie's five principles of why there's something rather than nothing just on hand on my (laughs) tip of my tongue. <laughs> um. Well, um, hey, uh, I know you mentioned uh, in, in in wrapping up here. I know you mentioned, you know, we were talking a bit about Bandcamp. Uh, could you just make sure the audience knows, listeners know, where to, you know, find your stuff, like your website, and you know, just 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 to make sure they can find you, no matter what. Yeah. Um, well, our we have a website. It's costacasanova.com. And then uh, from there, you can access basically anything that you need. But we're on Bandcamp, Big Cartel, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, Twitter, all that stuff. And it's Facebook. It's all just slash Caustic Casanova. Yeah, very. It's very easy to Google. um, Very unique band name that was coined in 2005 works to our advantage in that (laughs) in that regard. Yeah, I love Googleable. We're ahead of the curve on that. There's no other one. There's no mistaking. You get all the results are the results. So we don't have to have a no vowel band name or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit more direct than typing something rather than nothing. (laughs) Um, it did so, cross my uh, mind that it might be hard for people to find. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, no, thank you for that. And, and folks, um, uh, I've uh, released a, a music episode before. We're going to have a metal eight track uh, episode. So you get to hear a, a bit more from uh, Costa Casanova uh, and, and some of their music um, on, on that episode. But um I, I just want to let you know, uh, for me, uh, it's been a great pleasure to meet you. Um, I really adore your music. Uh, it, 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 um, uh, I was happy to receive the report from my field correspondent who ran uh, into your into into uh, into your music. Where and did he, also, see he saw us in that? Baltimore, right? What's that? He saw us in Baltimore recently. Yeah, he's in. Um, he's based in uh, outside of Philly, so I think it was. I think it was, must have been Baltimore, right? Was that with I think so. last few yeah. weeks? Um, but in uh, just being able to connect uh, back to uh, Maryland, I hope um, the storm blowing through that you stay safe and uh, that um, uh, that we hear a lot more music from uh, Costa Casanova. Thank you so much, Steph and Francis. Uh, really enjoy the conversation. And it looks like... Um, I got 20 seasons of, uh, of uh, Closer to the Truth, right? Is that it? Yeah. Yep, yep. 20 episodes to, um, to to get into. And maybe maybe after watching it, I can just wrap up the podcast and say it was on uh, uh, season 19, episode four. I just I missed it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoy the trip. It's quite a journey. Thank you so much and uh, hope to get to, to chat soon. Yeah, okay. thank you so Great. much for having for us. Having this was us. so awesome. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.
This is Something Rather Than Nothing. 